Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. With that being said, let's get into today's topic. So for today's episode, we're kind of going to do like a two, two topics kind of to kind of test out this format, see how it goes, where we kind of have a brief topic, then a much larger one that's a bigger conversation. Um, and our first topic it's remote teaching. So yeah. as you guys know, COVID is still greatly affecting the world and New York City is remote teaching supposedly to the end of the school year. Yeah, so so I, I was watching, and a quick note on that, I was watching the um, Governor Cuomo's press briefing today and someone asked a question about that. You know, we're three weeks away from our stay-at-home mandate being up that's currently in place. And, um, and, you know, what's going to happen after that, especially with schools, because parents need to start preparing if certain businesses are going to open, what happens to those kids that are home. And he yep. said that he will, he will have an answer by the end of next week at the latest. Um, I highly doubt at least downstate schools are going to open. Um, but I'm very interested to what he says, because it's not just about schools, but it's about our whole New York state mandate and kind of what comes next after May 15th. So um, it's, we'll I, see. It's definitely a we'll see because I have heard through grapevines and sources that the governor of New York state and the mayor of New York City did not agree at all on whether yeah. schools should be closed and how that should be handled. So it is definitely one of those things of like, one person, the one person, I don't want to say who or what, but one person was saying, it just makes sense to keep them closed. You know, it would be too much of a hassle to go back. The other person is saying, yes, but if there is no one to watch those kids, what are we gonna do? Right, so, so I, think, I think that that's gonna be the big thing. I mean, I would be very shocked if downstate schools open. Downstate is basically Westchester, Rockland, down all the way through into the city on Long, and all of Long Island um, is what they're considering downstate. Um, uh, but it also has to deal with how, how our, our business is going to start to be allowed to reopen certain businesses slowly. You know, there's lots of shifting happening and we are still three weeks away and a lot can happen in three weeks and, absolutely. you know, Cross your fingers, everyone, because numbers are sadly high, but smaller than they were even a week ago. So that is progress. Yes. But as we get back into our remote teaching, we have to just yes. think of the beautiful thing that it is, because I do, I, I'm, I'm going to rag on it, I can tell you that now. But I do want to talk about some of the wonderful moments that have happened over the process of remote teaching. Same. Um, like with my, with the school that I'm remote teaching with, like our big thing that we talk about in our weekly meetings with just the teachers is just like, we just wanna to touch base with our students and know that they are okay. And with my school in particular, it is in a predominantly low income area. And I work with a lot of, it, my, it's an international high school. So we have a lot of varying levels of green cards, status and things like that with a lot of family members and things like that. And so our just the big push from our, our you know, administration is just like, if you talk to a kid and you know that they are well, go into our, in, the, our internal server and be like, I talked to this kid, they are well. Um, and like to actually today of this recording, I had class this morning and I had like two students that I had not heard from at all finally touched base today. And it was just so nice to hear their voices and be like, I am concerned, like you are kids I really care about. Uh, and they're like, yeah, I'm good. Like, just kind of been at home chilling. And I like finally checked my email. And I was like, okay, that's great. Like, you should have been yeah. to email. But like, we have, 
we have uh, we have the same type of thing. Like my school that I teach at is also um, in a predominantly lower income area. Um, you know, there's a range, but it's definitely a predominantly lower income. Lots of family members living in one house or apartment. Um, and, you know, there have unfortunately been some related family member deaths and we have the same thing where our main goal is to just like check in and make sure the kids and the families have everything they need um and like on Fridays for example like I don't teach on Fridays like I'm not recording myself teaching all I do and but all I do on Fridays between the hours of 8 a.m and 1 p.m is talk to kids I'm either on whole class zoom calls or I'm calling kids individually one-on-one and I'm on the phone with them between 15 and 30 minutes um and it's it's a lot but it is really nice to kind of touch base individually and and like tell them like are you actually okay and it's you know like please let me know if you need anything um because that's one of the things I can say it's schools and organizations reaching to willing to reach out if we're like a student needs this you know absolutely yeah getting kids computers getting kids set up with internet, things that they need to, to still have some sort of schooling. Um, but diving into dance teaching, I, um, I have a lot of qualms, but I do have to say that there are some moments where I'm like, okay, this is working and this is nice. Um, so I was going through grades. I was going through grades today and I'm going through, you know, each homeroom classes, Google Classroom and I asked kids to submit videos this week of working on either the combination we did or one of the steps we learned uh, just to make sure that like they're also asked for me to make sure they're actually participating, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool, actually, to see some of these kids who like definitely like were in their bedrooms or the living room and like set up their laptop or their cell phone and like recorded themselves doing the, mm-hmm. the dance and specifically like one little boy um his mom recorded him and like he's a kid that like he likes to be silly he's younger for his grade he likes to be silly he likes to be the class clown and like it's hard sometimes in class when he has all his friends around him and so to like see him like be at home and working on stuff and like understanding things so I think there are moments where like like today seeing those videos I was like okay like this is working to some degree and the kids are still still moving because there are the majority of the days I'm like I don't even know why we're doing this I I think you you brought up a good point so like when I think of it that way like because that was my first assignment so with me I only I'm only teaching on Fridays and so I'm doing weekly assignments and I have high school kids so like graduation is a factor and things like that and so I can only give one assignment a week and so I do Friday to Friday for assignments and so like the, our first assignment is like, any song you want to, I just want to see you dance. It can be a TikTok dance if you want to. I just want to see your faces. So the amount of just like random bathroom dance videos that I got was yeah. ridiculous. Uh, but it was just night, like those are the moments where I was like, oh yeah, this is really like a thing. Or like uh, now with the weekly assignments, say it's questions and a video. And so like going in, I usually do it on like Thursday night prepping for my class the next day like I get to go in and like see them doing these videos and like that's really nice or even just like the critiques like some of them that can't record they do dance uh, we do dance critiques so each week we take a it's a different set of theme and videos and like like this week we ended up doing the step up dance the big dance the big dance finales from several step up movies oh that's we've got to do a dance review on those which yes we will and side note I absolutely love the idea because I I'll do this with my when I have older kids too this year I don't I don't teach older kids but I love like having the kids watch dance and then like let's talk about it and like it's like especially like critiquing and putting two numbers side by side like I um yeah that's like one of my favorite things to do yeah amazing like answers like the first week we did no last week we did like music videos that are dance songs like the songs are like major like club cypher music that is used constantly currently well pre-covid but like really like they, they are dance songs and they're geared towards people to dance to them but the music videos themselves have very little dance in them and so that was the thing last week is like is it really dance the amount of arguments like on the live zoom session that we had 
after we finished our combo, we talked about it. And then like the feed, the uh, written portions that I got were great, just arguments for being like yay or nay. Cause like one of them does have bone breaking in it for like 30 seconds. And there's like bone breaking is dance. And I'm like, one of the girls was like, yeah, but like that's 30 seconds. She's like, but it's like, is it dance? There's dance in there. So like that, that kind of, I'm liking the conversations we're having around dance that are happening via like uh, Zoom and remote teaching. That to me, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, absolutely. But I have to talk about the actual trying to dance on a camera. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So those are the high points. And I think the moments where I'm like, okay, great. But yes. it's, it's a lot to get there. Yeah. Well, for yeah. starters, is that like, we are, I'm lucky that I'm of the generation that we used varying levels of, camera talking via screens before you know covid so like right i didn't really need to be trained too hard on how to use a lot of these things are kind of self-explanatory for me i am on a staff where that is not the case so i am getting field calls left and right about how to fix things on programs that i i'm like i don't have any more extensive knowledge than you i can only tell you what i know how to do so there's a lot of that of just learning from and trying to be there for colleagues that are also remote teaching and then there's just lag. Like no matter what yeah. what program you use, I have tried all of them. Um, Zoom, Skype, Google Classroom, because it's, it's just, it's House about, Party. I've, yeah. I've tried, there's like four others. I've tried them all. It's, them all. it's just about like, uh, you know, your internet connection, their internet connection. The quality of your uh, camera. The quality of your camera, depending on like how, if, you know, how many people are on a call. Yep. Um, I've had the same thing. So I, for, for, uh, for classes, um, right. Cause I, I teach, I, I'm pre-record. So I pre-record myself, um, which is nice because in that sense, like the, any sort of like technical interference would only be on my end. Um, I do have to say the thing that's been frustrating is like trying to figure out how to get the music level to a point where like the kids when they watch the video can hear it because I'll watch my videos back when I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I've like tried to uh, re, you know, because what, I, what I've been doing is I'm casting Spotify to my TV so I can get it nice and loud. And then I'm recording on my computer. And it just yeah. always happens like even if I put my computer like super close to the TV and I have that TV up at like 70, it's still like, kind of goes in and out um so that's definitely been a struggle that's crazy as you say that so for me when I do so predominantly I do I am doing it via zoom live streaming but when I do record I have to record myself I play I either record from my phone or my computer but typically I record from my phone and I play the music from my computer but I, I connect it to one of my bluetooth speakers so it's coming mm -hmm. out of one of my Bluetooth speakers. That has kind of worked for me as far as the sound balancing level. But like collectively, <laughs> audience members, that's a big problem. Is that like balancing right. audio levels is an issue when you don't, again, it's just, it's so different for everyone. And, and it's not, and we're also not in a place where like, like this is a teaching video. It's going on Google Classroom. This isn't something that I'm getting paid like an extra ton of money to do and have produced. Like, I'm not going, not, regardless of the fact that like, I'm also not skilled in audio mixing and I don't know how to do that. I'm not going in and like audio mixing my teaching video. Like it's too, it's too much time in an already jam-packed schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody said anything about it, but it, that's definitely something for me where I'm like, I wish I could have like crystal clear sound, but that's going to require audio mixing. And it's just not, not an option. we don't have time. Or the thing that, like, I, I have a big, like, bedroom where I can, like, still pre move pretty freely as I dance around. But, like, it's also a part of me. It's, like, I, I wish that I, like, had the, a nicer space to present in my videos. Because, like, some of my friends that are teaching, again, they don't live in New York City. But, like, some of my friends that are teaching, like, they have their garage, you know, or they have like a whole basement room that's like mm -hmm. a dance studio or like they have, a, you know, a, they have room to do tour de tays in the yeah. living room, you know, like I got a good side apartment, but like mm, still living in New York City, that ain't happening, you know, yeah. so it's one, and then I can, no one has said anything, but that's just me wanting to give better to my students, but just not being able to. 
excuse me, not being able to. Absolutely, that's how I feel too. Um, and then teaching live. So I, um, when I, cause I choreograph for the Broadway Youth Ensemble. So when we have rehearsals, it's all live. Um, and I will say that like, that's been challenging because of the lag. And that's also been challenging because of when you have that many people on a call, like we'll have these Broadway Youth Ensemble rehearsals where they'll be like myself, the vocal director, the artistic director, like the artistic assistant. So that's already four of us, right? That's already four of us. And then we're putting like between 30 and 50, you know, kids on a call. And Please tell me you mute them. Well, we do. Yes. Yes. So we control it. We mute them all. They know that we mute them all. So in terms of like what we've been doing basically is like for vocal warmups, the vocal director will like play on her keyboard. Everyone will be muted. And she's like, and we're basically like, guys, we're trusting you. If you're on this call, you're singing, right? Like you signed into this rehearsal, you're professionals. We trust. And that's kind of the same thing when we go over vocals for songs. It's kind of like uh, we tell all the kids like, okay, put the track on because they all have access to like yes. our Dropbox with all the tracks. Put the track on. We're going to start from the top. And um, so it's definitely been interesting um, to teach, you know, to teach live. And the biggest thing that I've realized is like putting like, oh my God, are they doing it? Are they getting it? Are they actually singing? Are they actually dancing when they're like frozen? But just to trust like, hey, I'm going to put you on mute and I'm going to trust that you're doing what you need to do. But that's, I mean, that's all you can do. So like, you can do. It's true because trying to be done the whole like, well, maybe we can even have like two or three people like leading the vocals over. No, because everyone's distorted. Everyone's internet's different. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, and the, the big problem for me is that like, we're also dealing with teenagers and young, you know, and young kids. And so like, a lot of them just don't want you in their bedrooms or in their, like to see into their houses or yeah. how they react on camera and things like that. And so in Georgia, like right, my sister's a teacher down in Georgia, they are the teachers are not allowed to the kids are not allowed to cut on their cameras like their cam cameras are automatically disabled so only the teacher can be seen and i think that's weird but i'm also like in new york that's how we don't roll that way but the conflict that i still struggle with and we talked about in our teacher meeting every week is that like getting the kids to open up their cameras so i can see, see if they're participating is always a struggle because like i teach at 10 a.m and their school, normally I teach at 9 a.m. with them, but it's, you know, this morning I had a kid wake, start my class at 9.30. She's like, I woke up late. And I'm just like, guys, life happens earlier than this. But it's like, mm. it, I, it, I'm in a tug of war because part of me is like, I get it. We all want to sleep in. And I, on days where I don't have to teach early, I definitely sleep in. Hey, but absolutely. It's also one of those things of like, I'm scared that they're sleeping in for their academic classes too. And I'm like, I, there was this one teacher where she was like, I called the kid and like his phone was in the living room. So the mom picked up and I was like, he's supposed to be in class right now. So the mom goes into his room and like wakes him up. She's like, you know, he was supposed to be in class like 30 minutes ago. Where, like, I mean, yeah, we definitely, so like I work with elementary kids and I work with young elementary kids, kindergarten and first grade this year. And so like, like mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever is at the home, like older brother, sister, like, you know, you're, the kids are young. They're between five and seven years old. Um, you have to get them up. And like, we definitely have kids who are like still in their pajamas first thing in the morning for yeah. morning meeting. Um, there's one kid that I always call, I check in with him every single day. He's in kindergarten and it'll be 10 o'clock. And he's like, I just woke up, I'm eating breakfast. So there's just like a lot of challenges because the uh, accountability of like, I have to get on my you know, my Zoom call for my academic component is, uh, is also lagging, but it's also like, we're not, we've had this, we've had a big staff discussion about this at work. We're like, but we're also not going to pressure families because we don't know what's going on in the home and what people no. are going through right now. And it's not, you know, so. It's, yeah, we're it's, in that same boat. Right. So it's just like challenging for sure. Um, 
But I think like through all this, I've just kind of been like, whatever happens, happens. And like, yes, like technically will those are the kids going to be quote unquote behind at the beginning of next year, not just in academics, but in dance, like in life. Yeah. yeah, like they are, they are going to be right. Like we're missing from my school We're you know, we're missing uh, March, April, April, or May, we're missing three full months, you know, by the time we close down it for my school, it's three full months. And, um, and that's a lot of stuff that they could have learned. A lot of I, learning happens. And I think that is what I'm also like realizing now condensing down to once a week and doing assignments and things like a lot of and granted, I only see this group twice a week, but like a lot of learning happens over the course of several months. So like, it's really, it, it is going to be kind of a gap coming back in the fall to just kind of get them all caught up. Yeah. Um, but something well, we'll happens. Oh, yes. But something I have to bring up is that Zoom sessions, which so the predominant program that everyone was using to uh, chat live is Zoom. Zoom for a while was getting hacked and mm. or questionable. I don't know if they were getting hacked per se or if the passwords and codes to Zoom sessions were being sent out to I think in non-secure places. Yeah, I think it was more something like that. I mean, I will say that like we never had an issue with it at work and for uh for B uh, and for BYE we always, you know, we Never had an issue with it, but I do know it was a thing. Say it. Like, I never, I never have had a problem with it because the only place that it was all via, it was all, all our Zoom things were posted via email when it came to administration. And as far mm-hmm. as us or our students, mine is all of our Zoom links are posted in our Google Classroom, which you can't even get to my, like my, because I work for an organization that sends me to schools my boss for the organization can't even get into my Google Classroom because she does not have a school email. Yes, correct. That's the same with us. All meetings, all meeting links are posted in the Google Classroom. So like from there, even when my students log in, like they're like, if they're not like I, there was a student that we missed his email and they were like, blah, 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 needs to get into the class. He's like, wants to do the assignments, but he can't. And I was like, oh, he can't get in without, like, does he have a school email set up? He's like, yeah, he does now. That's why he missed it. And I was like, oh, okay, great. We can get him Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. But because of, and like, to be fair, they were quite bad, the kind of break people breaking into these Zoom sessions with children, with adults, you know, it just, it didn't matter who, if they found a link, people would go in and post everything from pornography to racist things to, you know, like, um, you name it. It was just randomly being thrown up and it just caused such issues. I have seen, because I've continued to have to use Zoom for work, that they've gone through and secured a lot more of how things are posted and how things are handled on their end. So I appreciate Zoom for doing that. However, me and Danielle work for the DOE. Mm-hmm. The DOE issued a statement saying that Zoom is to not be used. So, which is <laughs> interesting because, so so technically um, we're not, using zoom but what we are using is ring central which is owned and operated by zoom and it literally has a little watermark that sits in the bottom right hand corner that says ring central owned and operated by zoom so i think i think the thinking behind that is like apparently ring central is more geared towards school so it's supposed to be like a little more secure in that sense but at the end of the day it's zoom at the end of the day, it's the same company. They're going to use the same proprietary things for right. one organization that they're going to use for another. It's dumb. I'll just say it. It's dumb. It's the DOE. And again, the DOE has been kind of back and forth about how great they've been during this time of crisis. But it's just been a lot, to say the least, of like having, like my school, we were, we got the, 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 the we were in the admin meeting where they were like, we can't use Zoom. And we're like, we're on a Zoom call right now. There's like, you can't use Zoom to teach with your kids. And then we were like, well, we're all like out of the arts organization that we have. We're all predominantly dance teachers. So it's kind of like, how are we going to not teach or teach? Like, we we don't know. Like, we're just like, this just doesn't make sense. How do we handle this? And then my Mm -hmm. boss was like, well, ring. And, And so she was like, use this. And we're like, it's Zoom. It's the same thing. Why are we? And she, so it just... 
it is boiled down to that if a student does not have a DOE issued laptop or device, they're not concerned. Mm. Or they're being like, we have to exclusively use this program. Like e either way, it's just, it's another complication of remote teaching that just makes my head hurt. Yeah. It's just another uh, Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's just, yeah. I do want to bring something up. I had texted you about this earlier this week. Um, I was very Our upset one, Let's go. One, night earlier, one night earlier this week because I am trying my very, very best to, they told me, you know, what happens in my school is I usually see each homeroom class three times a week for 45 minutes. There's a couple classes I see twice a week instead of three. Still, two to three times a week, 45 minutes each. With remote learning, they've decided to now buckle it down to two times a week, but originally they said 30 minutes, no more than 30 minutes. Then they decided to say, it's for our younger kids. It seems like a bit much. Let's go 20 to 25 minutes. Fine. But now I am trying to teach you. And by the way, I also had a couple, three of my classes decided to only do once a week, which is also like, whatever. I guess right. I am trying to like teach concepts, teach technique, teach what I can without having you there present in person. It's almost impossible. And do and do warm up within twenty to twenty five minutes. Well, then last week I get an email that was like, some of the kindergarten parents complained. It's a little bit much. Can you? But like, if you have different guidelines, that's fine. But if not, can you make the videos like shorter? And I reached back out and I was like, I hear what you're saying. However, this is how the class is structured. I am making sure that nobody's going to get hurt when they try a new dance move because you still have to do warm up. And warm up alone ends up being about seven minutes. So we, we agreed upon like 15 to 20 minute videos. Sometimes I might go a little over. I was like, fine. Again, I'm also trying to be collaborative. I'm trying to be just very like, I can, you know, yeah. what you, like, what do you need? Like, this is a weird time. Well, earlier this week, I had a teacher text me saying that a parent complained because it's, it was hard to follow along the dance combination when I was talking at the same time of the music. And I said, I hear that. That's totally fair. And I was, and so I was like, next class when I record, I will make sure that we review it with me talking as I teach it slowly, maybe do it once with the music on in the background, but me talking through it. And then just a bunch of times, full out music, no talking. I hear you. Teacher was like, well, what the, what mom actually means is, can't you just, can't you just show what the dance is? And I was like, I don't really understand what you mean. And she was like, the, the mom's asking like, can't you just demonstrate the dance full out? And then if you have to talk, after you demonstrate the dance flout, you can just like sit there and quickly like tell them what steps it was. And I'm like, nope, like that's just not how dance works. That's not how the kids no, are gonna learn. No I child's gonna learn that way. I can't show you a dance combination and then be like, okay, so it was two box steps, then two great lines, then up and over relevé plié, pas de beret, one turn and you're done. Again, I also have kindergarten and first graders. So I definitely- I can't even do that with my high school kids half the time. Cause these no. are not primary dancers. Like these are not career right. dancers. It's not right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like I need to show you, I need to show you what it is as I'm saying the name of the steps. This is also part of not only like viscerally learning it, but it's, it's, it's learning for all our different types of learners. I'm showing you so it's visceral. Yes. Speaking it so it's more verbal and cognitive, right? I'm trying to, as I'm doing this, what I'm actually doing is hitting multiple layers of different learning styles. Which that's what I'm doing. But like, I didn't, I di didn't think I had to explain to you. There's actually a philosophy behind this. Which is what annoyed me so much when Danielle reached out to me about this. Is that like we get in trouble normally as dance teachers when we don't do multiple levels of teaching 
Like when we yes. don't, when we don't teach to visual learners, auditory learners, uh, right. cognitive, you know, um, rote learners, repetition is rote learners. But like, we have to be able to like, in one class, we are expected. Like we are expected, and I, again, we get in trouble in our write-up, in like in our evaluations, if we don't teach on these multiple levels. Absolutely. So it's literally, it's literally, I'm like, you literally want us to just not teach them, or you don't. Right. Like I don't understand. I was so very, very confused. And I understand. Like I was getting very passionate, and I still feel heated right now. And it was only one parent, but I think what upset me, I think the reason I got so upset was because the teacher kept saying, "Can't you just do it?" And I was like, you're the homeroom teacher. You're supposed to back me. You should have told the parents, I hear what you're saying. I'll reach out to Miss Colangelo and, and like, I'll see if she can do something. And then she could have been like, hey, heads up. This is what so-and-so's mom said. Exactly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, though. I don't teach dance, like, but I just want to pass along the feedback versus like being like, no, but can you do this? And then our conversation ended that night with her being like, well, I'll call you in the morning to check in and make sure you understand. And like, mind you, that check-in never happened. And I actually really like this coworker of mine, but I know that like remote learning's hard. It's got everyone in their fields. Like I get it, right? Like I also like, if that was an in-person conversation, I probably wouldn't have been so upset. But I was upset that, that she kept pushing mom's point and not trusting me as the dance teacher and then I would, that was the moment where I was like, this is why remote learning is also frustrating is because all of a sudden, parents who may not honestly have even known that their child takes dance in school until they see the report card, all of a sudden want to have a say in how I am, I am recording and teaching and structuring my class. All of a sudden you want to have a say in it. Mind you, you didn't complain when you came to the dance show and saw your child in two different dance pieces. She's in first grade, two different pieces she was able to learn in about two months, full out. You uh, didn't have anything to say to me when I gave her report card comments and, and grades and, and everything was fine. But all of a sudden, because you can see a video, you decided that no longer you're okay with how I'm teaching. But I think it's two things. I think one... I'm a person that I truly believe, and again, I have no children, but I just have to deal, and I teach a lot of children, I deal with a lot of people, children's parents. Parents underestimate their children, in particular, younger kids. I vastly all the time, like when people see what you can accomplish with an elementary school age kid, they're Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe you did this. Like, no, I just cut out all the BS and told them this is what we're doing. Like, I I I know the system. I know how to put a system in place to accomplish the goal. Right. You don't do that with your own child. <laughs> I have, I even have that problem with like, with even coworkers where they're like, Danielle, I don't think our kids can do this. And then we get to the dance show and they're always like, oh my God. And I'm like, this is what happens because I am very ambitious. I am a perfectionist oh, when it yes. comes to performance pieces. But I also know, like, I know like how to make sure I'm not overdoing it, but also what they are capable for. Exactly. I know my classes. I know that class A can handle this and class B can't. So both your dances are going to look fabulous. But I it's, agree. I think, I absolutely agree. I think especially, especially with younger kids, I'm noticing more and more like they are, they're not trusting that their kids can do it. Yeah. And so on the reverse, I have high school kids and some of you may or may not know yesterday, uh, well, as of this recording, yesterday uh, was the first day of Ramadan. And I teach mm-hmm. in a, as an international high school, so I have to deal with religions all across the board. Um, and I'm, so we have a school-wide policy. If you cannot participate in the arts classes for religious reasons, in particular dance, you are excused. We will transfer you to another class that will suit you. It's not a problem. Yes. That is, and again, I have, I, that I'm totally okay with that rule. I knew about that rule when I joined the school. It's one of the first things they talk about. And I was like, great, cool. This is my second international school I've also taught at. And the second time, like, God, it's probably 10 plus time that I've worked with students of different religions and things that sort. I am unbothered. I'm used to it. However, a part of me, I want to say forgot that like teenagers lie to their parents. Mm. And so I have several students in both my high school classes that are Muslim and that according, as far as their parents know, they're always observing Ramadan. Mm. 
And in particular, a lot of my students, typically if we were in our buildings, they always go, is Ramadan, you know, we can't eat, we're fasting right now. That's typically the big one that hits us dance teachers that they're fasting. So we have to be very cautious, especially because I have them first thing in the morning. So mm-hmm. it's like, we have to be cautious about how much energy we burn off or how many times we run pieces, right. things like that, because they're going to be exhausted. So I typically, I've built lesson plans around that, you know, where it's like, y'all give me X amount of good runs, or these are the three things I really need to see during this time. And I will leave you alone. We can stretch and warm up, you know, and they're like, great, cool. You know, this morning in my classes, I had several of my students um, chime in and they're like, "I I can't dance with you live today. I don't even know if I can watch the dance critiques right now. I might have to do them later. And I'm like, is everything, me jumping to, Again, I'm not of the Muslim faith, so like I for I did not immediately think Ramadan. I immediately thought COVID issues because we mm-hmm. have had some in my school where you know parents and grandparents have been lost because of complications. So I immediately go to is everything all right? You know, like we need to bow out. I can pull you into a separate chat and you know in a few minutes where we can talk, make sure everything's good. They're like, oh no, I'm fine. My dad's also working from home in the living room, so like I can't right now because of Ramadan. And I go, oh you've been lying. You're not supposed to be dancing mm-hmm. during Ramadan. And as I'm typing this, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. But it's just like that adjustment of being like, oh yeah, like that's normally like this would not have any bearing on me other than being like, don't exhaust your children because they're not going to be able to eat until the sun goes down later tonight. Great. Cool. Like that's not that hard of an accomplishment thing to do teaching wise, but literally just because we're teaching remotely, it's just like, oh yeah, like you, and again, sometimes they, I know that they flat out just lie to their parents and dance in class with me because their favorite song is on, you know, so like, it is right. not something that I challenge them or, you know, like, because it's plenty of times where you have some students being like, they know they shouldn't be dancing, but that's whatever, that's on them, you know, right. so, and it's also just, again, how they deal with their own religions at home, but it's just like, it caught, it took me a second to be like, oh yeah, parents are now a factor in my classroom parents Mm -hmm. are now a factor in my classroom I think that's a big remote lesson remote teaching lesson I've learned is that parents are things that exist yeah they have varying levels of trust yeah it's true it's yeah it's definitely uh interesting and and frustrating but having to just yeah kind of you know it is what it is I guess like I finally got to that point where I was like it is what it is and like oh yeah I'm gonna do what I need to do. So that being said, let's move on to our second topic, uh, which our topics are kind of be kind of balanced this time around. It worked out. It's fine. Um, so there was an article shared with Danielle and I, which is something I've I love reading dance articles and things like that, specifically for the podcast because it makes it reminds me of things that I like have experienced and just have forgotten about or just don't regularly think about in the dance world because like me and Danielle have been doing this for years now we've forgotten more stuff than we learn on a regular basis. Um, And I'm sure anyone that's been in the business X amount of years can tell you the same thing. College dance teams. Yeah, so I I like to call them college chair teams 2.0, but we'll Well, here's the thing. So I saw this, right. So we got this article and it was, I think in dance spirit, I can actually pull it up. Give me dance spirit. Yes, it was in dance magazine. No, it was in dance spirit. And the title of the article is The Tricks Studio Dancers Need to Learn Before Joining a College Dance Team. So then I go through and I read it, and it was um, super interesting because I, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like recently, there's been this like huge influx over the past couple of years of like acro and dance, acro, acro, acro all these tricks and what we're missing is the actual dancing. And we've talked a lot about this and I, I feel like something that's been happening over this past year and especially now with, with you know, COVID and being at home is dance is, is becoming more so about dance again, about, you know, which I think is like something really amazing and we can touch more upon like at a later time. Um, but I read this article and I thought it was interesting because I don't agree really with acrobatics in dance at all point you know period point the end like in in dance competitions 
even in musicals, like, okay, maybe there's a flip or something in some cool, in some cool scenes, like it happens, but like, it's not dance. If you want to do gymnastics, do gymnastics. If you want to do Cirque, do Cirque, right? If you want to do cheer, do cheer. And don't tell me that, oh, but my, my, my little daughter or son is in dance they really want to be doing all these tricks, but it doesn't exist for little kids. No, it does. Gymnastics classes for little kids exist. Acro classes for little kids exist. And even cheer, um, cheer gyms exist for little kids. Oh, yeah. I, it, in my hometown, there's a major cheer gymnastic studio. Like it is a, it's like a converted, like, um, like a warehouse. They took an old warehouse, right. gutted the inside. It is like mats galore, where literally it's like during the day, it's like uh, all gymnastics. And then, like, depending on the night, it's either like cheerleading or gymnastics has the majority alternating classes and spaces and like free space on the weekends. I'm like, it's a whole, yeah. it's a whole thing. But it, it, it definitely exists. And you can do more than one. You absolutely can. But the article is focusing upon. If you want to be on a college dance team, especially with new updated um, guidelines, these are the tricks you have to know. And it talked about, I'm actually going to pull it up, um, but it doesn't talk about like handsprings, um, I, so head has this list, the list, she can, I wanted to read in a second. I got it. This yep. list, it's all the things that I've only ever heard of from gymnastic friends. I've never heard of these terms used in a dance rehearsal or a dance so rehearsal. so the the it says top team top dance team tricks check checklist handsprings which i knew from when i was a cheerleader in high school knee ups or no i'm sorry kip up start from the ground roll onto your back and then spring up to your feet that's interesting because i literally <laughs> just did that i just did that though in like a pilates hit fusion class i did uh, and i'm uh, like that's not that's not anything. That's basically what what that is, is it's a Pilates roll down from standing just elevated into like a hit level. Um, a head, head spring, again, gymnastics or cheerleading, rubber band, do half a back spring, do half of a back spring, and then pop back up to standing. Okay, I understand, yes, I understand what they're citing, I've sure. never seen that before. You have, it's like, it's, instead of like landing down after a back spring, you land up. That's only the real That's, Got it. Um, Ariel, which I will say Ariel's have been, in dance. Ariel's have been in dance. They've been in dance for a while. I'll give them that. Headstand, headstand stall. If we're talking an actual stall, then yes, it's dance. Because that is in break dancing. It's in our, I'm talking traditional hip hop includes stall. I don't think what they're talking about is, is an actual stall though. Oh, so true. Um, then it says double turning disc, a shunne into a turning jump. That, okay, yes, that's a dance thing. It's a shunne and then instead of a calypso, it's basically your legs are out in second in a split. Oh, that's fine. That's it. Back walk over. That's fine. Right. Back walkover, gymnastics cheerleading. Yep. Leg hold turn. Now this has been very prominent in dance in the past couple years in dance competitions. I fucking hate it. I think never that done it, right. it's so never it's done never right. done right, which means it's so bad for the body. Kids are hiking up their hips, they're grabbing, <sighs> like, and <sighs> you have to be very flexible to do them correctly. So, okay. The problem that I have, which especially when I see them on younger people, is that they're not, you have to have a good balance of flexibility and strength. And children are often taught to be flexible, but not strength training. And I yes. will say with the article that uh, that she just read, um, what I, d I do appreciate about it is that they talk about, if you're going from studio to a collegiate program, strength training, they, they do, do talk about, they do talk about that. And I'm a big they fan do, of that. Yeah. Because I a, agree. Lot of, a lot of younger programs do not discuss strength training. And particularly with the, when you're grabbing the leg turn, uh, you know, an extension turn, which is all that it is, 
if you don't have the flexibility, you're hiking up your hip and you're having to pull more pressure on, you're having to hold it with more pressure if you don't have the strength to leave the leg there on its own. Mm-hmm. And so you're hugging on a, on a, di- essentially a dislocated leg or like an ill-placed leg. And it just, the hip, it just creates so many hip problems that like, yeah. I hate them. I hate them. Oh, I hate them. I will never teach them. I hate them. Um, I will teach knee to chest turns first. And every blue moon, I will get one kid that has enough strength and uh, flexibility there. It's like, your knee to chest turns can become an extension turn. That's fair. That's Just totally you. fair. But it's, yeah. I learned that in college. I learned it from a professor in college. She was like, if you can't do a knee to chest turn and not chest to knee, like you have to bring your knee up to your yeah. chest. If you yeah. can't do that, then there's no point of talking about anything else. Right. There's just no and point. And on that list, so that list had 12 things. And on that list, there's maybe four. Because then at the bottom of the list, I didn't say these two things. It said, um, turn, turn combos with, with changing spots fine and then double and tip and triple toe touches which that's not dance so on this list of 12 things there's three I'm gonna say three that are are dance you can maybe argue four for the headstand they have stall in parentheses but I don't think they are actually talking about a, a traditional stall um and I guess my thing is like, I do, I'm a little confused and I will say, I agree, right? There are good parts of the article. They talk about the do's and don'ts of getting ready. They talk about like, please do not put on a video and try to learn this by yourself. Like go to a clinic, take gymnastic yes. classes. Like I they definitely, definitely talk about that. that. They talk about strength training, like, which again, I absolutely did not do growing up. And then when I was in college, it wasn't even as it wasn't even as pushed as it is now, but in college, it was like, go to the gym, yoga, we, every Friday, every single dance major does yoga for, for an hour and a half. And then like, you guys should be going to the gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they talk, yeah. So they talk about that, which I, I agree. And I like, and I appreciate, and I think the people at the article are very smart. Yes. My biggest issue is they're talking about a dance team, but this, those are things that are not Scene on a dance team this is sounds to me like a collegiate cheer team I read this article and I think of Netflix's cheer I think of the cheer the cheer team from my college that I went to my college has a dance team and a cheer team and when I was there the cheer team would do the gymnastics they would do the acro they would do the gymnastics and they would do the cheers the dance team would do the turn would do the leap would do the crazy, you know, all the, all the different dance jumps and the gymnastics and the, and the cheer team would do the gymnastics stuff, the head springs, the hand springs, the flips, right? They wouldn't do the turns and the leaps. No, it would, it would make me think of, so in my high school, I, one, I have judged, so one, the job uh, that I had in high school and throughout college off and on was judging like running cheer competitions and judging cheer competitions. So I've seen plenty of this stuff. That's why I was like competition world. I've seen enough dance and cheer. You ain't finna tell me something I ain't seen before. Cause I just mm-hmm. see a lot of it, you know, like I'm, those were my Saturdays a lot of times um, in college and in high school. But my, when I was in high school myself, we had during football season, we had one giant cheer team and we're talking a hundred girls, but that was only for football season where we're on this giant football field. It was just, you were on the cheerleading team. After that, after football season, the cheerleading team split into essentially a cheer dance team and a competition cheerleading team. The competition girls, they are flipping. Like it was, you know, the standard was a back tuck. If you didn't have a back tuck, you went on the team. And it was like, cool. Oh yeah. The girls that were on the cheer dance team, they were still cheerleaders. They cheered at basketball games and other other sporting events. But these were the girls that during halftime were giving you a dance routine. Mm-hmm. You know, not the cheer. And they support each other. And they were all, you know, they all had respect for each other. Because matter of fact, our competition cheerleading team won more than our athletic teams. But <laughs> like they, those girls were winners. I had to give them that. And the dance team also, when they went to their, the dance cheerleading team, when they went to their stuff, they also would win. But it, so I can understand how the cores can be similar. Like there's a level of discipline, there's a level of strength training, there's a le- level of flexibility training that I can support. 
but fundamentally you're doing two different things. And mm-hmm. I hate that that line is blurring. I tell you about, I hate that that line is blurring in training because in the professional world, it's not blurring. It's not. Correct. And that is why I want service to people because I, mean, I know plenty of people that will be like, I'm auditioning for Cirque du Soleil as Dance Magazine emails me. I'm, I'm auditioning for Cirque du Soleil. I'm an acro person or I'm a, uh, or I, I can do silks. If you do silks, mm-hmm. you're not going to go audition for, I don't know, carousel to do the ballet combination because you probably aren't, that's not, you're not looking for the same thing. And that choreographer is not looking for the same thing. And that's, that's the problem that I hate that we're doing a disservice to our girls. And hey guys. if you are, you know, if you are focusing your, your collegiate dance teams now on the acrobatics, on the gymnastics and, and, and that type of work, then it is true, right? Because unless those dancers are pursuing a degree or a major or a career after college that either has nothing to do with physically dancing or they're not also a dance major, if they go, if they go, I was on a collegiate dance team, you know, maybe, you know, I was on a collegiate dance team. I'm going to go out now and I want to audition, right? After they're going to have a very, very hard time, this new crop of people, because their rehearsals, their practices, their performances so are solely based on now your acrobatic skills and they are no longer based on dance. So if you are just like, I love this, this is my thing. This is what I want to do. I'm on my collegiate dance team. I love, I love to flip. I love to jump. That's what my dance team's doing. But I'm going to go do something completely else after. By all means, do it. The problem is, if that is the only training you are getting on a collegiate level, and then you want to go out into the real world and, and be a professional dancer or even choreographer, you're going to have a very, very difficult time because that's not what's happening in the professional dance yeah. It's even to the point where like because I've had I've choreographed for certain gigs where they're like we it's like big they're usually like big opening numbers or big finale numbers of like a concert series or like a cabaret style shows or whatever but they don't so it's not a full-length musical but they want like confetti cannons at the end or things like that so I will give them a good old cheerleader like basket toss where you see somebody flying oh absolutely great or you know two or three people can do a backflip, you know, or uh, my go-to standard toe touch into a split is always a nice, looks fancier than it really is. Love those. But you, I, as a choreographer, I have learned, this is my dance combo and the people that I'm really feeling, I'll be like, or I'll see something in the audition. I'll be like, oh, do you have a backflip on here? You say you have a backflip. Can I see your backflip? Oh, I haven't done it in a while, or I can only do it with mats, or you'll get whatever definition will be like, or it'll be like, are you also trained in silks? Yes, no, or like, it's a come, or you see like circus training a lot of times is something you'll see like, mm-hmm. but don't, out of 80 people I audition, that's maybe 10 people. But what it is too, because I'm, I'm with you, I'll do the exact same thing, right? Where it's like, I will look at my crop of dancers, and if I want something fancy, I know who has the skills and who doesn't yes. have the skills. I also, I, I cheerled in high school, was a cheerleader in high school for three years. We did our basketball games. We also did, we also went to like cheer camps and clinics, right? That's what we okay. did. So like, I, I have a basic understanding. I, I know how to, how to create stunts. I know how to do basket tosses. I know how to do a couple of other, of, of throwing things. I know that terminology. I know pipes. I know, you know, I know certain jumps and stuff because I have that knowledge, because I did it for three years, right? Like, and I'm a dancer. But when you are asking those people to do something, or when you are choreographing those moments, that's not all you've done. Oh, God, no, going, We are going, oh, I see on your resume, you were a gymnast, you were a cheerleader. It says you can do so. Can you do it? Or I'm watching you in a rehearsal and audition. Hey, have you ever done X, Y, and Z before? Yes, no. Okay, great. I want you to try the following. It's never all I've ever done is acrobatic. Okay, it's one of those things. It goes back to time is money. So in the last big giant opening numbers, like the opening of a festival or something, I can't remember. I've done forever ago and COVID is killing my memory of things at this point. But it was like this big, huge opening number where literally they, they said it's like, at the like this is a opening of our ceremony 
there's going to be, it's this giant outdoor theater. There's like, it's going to be confetti cannons going off at the, you know, at the big end. Lead, the lead cast is going to hit the high notes. Lights are going to change. Confetti cannon. Can the dancers do something to match that? And I'm like, great. What you're talking, you want some type of jump. And right. I'll find the people who can do the tricks. But and, well, what they're not telling you is that with this eight-minute dance piece we did before, they're asking me about 15 seconds of it. So I cannot mm-hmm. afford to hire someone for 15 seconds. Right. That is, I'm going to get literally, my director's going to yell at me, my producers are going to say no, and I don't get hired back. And that is the complication with that type of training, is that when that's only what you do, or that's when you're a majority of what you get towards, you have to work at those gigs. But that kind of like, that weird melding and cross-training for, in particular, like with Acro, it's not always the case. Like you have got... You need more. You need a acro can supplement dance training. It should not be your dance training. I think that's exactly. And I think that most people, like like professionals, like you would never ask them, like, oh, you're a professional circ performer. You do silks or you know anything like that. Like, would you go to a dance call? The majority of them are going to be like, if I've never done dance before, if I don't dance training, like, no, right? Like people aren't stupid. And I know I'm not trying to sit here and say that like college, like college kids who are on dance teams that are now focused on the acrobats are going to be stupid or silly and think that they can you know go to those open uh, calls but you need to have an understanding of what you're signing up for that is exactly and i guess too i'm just like kind of confused where i guess if you don't have both right like my college had a cheer team and a dance team and i think most big colleges and even middle-sized colleges have both a cheer and a dance um and usually if you only have one it's usually a cheer and then like they'll pick their you know their most rhythmic people to do dance in it for like halftime performances and stuff so I guess my thing is like if you have both then why are you making the dance team now about the gymnastics about the acrobatics if you have both they should be their separate entities because I think that dance teams have a place in the world and your training and that could be great and it is different than being a dance major but to only focus on tricks is it's you can call i'm just one of those people of like and this is something i've constantly gone through in my own education and what's something i go through when i constantly teach is that like you can call it something different and i go through this being a southerner and like living in new york now we're like um pullbacks to me with what do y'all call them up here what do you call a pullback what's the other name for a pullback? Pick up. pickups i had never heard that mm-hmm. training in the south it was always I, I had always heard that it was a pullback so like i was like do i know the same thing so even when like in the article when they mentioned certain stuff i was like yeah maybe we're calling certain things different th-. and that happens like you get a group of dancers that are trained all over the place together and start talking terms they'll be like oh that's this and this is this it happens. oh yeah there's definitely Especially like starting all brain thing yeah like Europe, they have their own terms. So I'm okay with like calling things different things. If at the heart of it, you know what you're doing. If you know that you want cheerleading, acro gymnastics, that is fine. There are plenty of people paying their bills doing that. Absolutely. But if you know that your goal is to, I think it's about what your goal is in the end. If you Mm -hmm. know your goal is to dance on Broadway, to dance for a company like Palabalus, they borderline on extremely flexible people. So I can see that, but I know that is that one company, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I just want to see, like, even if, like, you, like, for, for these coaches and these choreographers for these collegiate dance teams, like, I want you to be clear. I yeah. want you to go, I'm a coach of a collegiate dance team, especially these bigger schools. I want to go to, to nationals, right? To be fair, uh, in I, the article, they, sorry, really quick, I want to mention this. No, yeah. The they mentioned several, like, massive universities yes and i want to see and i want to see some kick-ass amazing dancer teams at those nationals that they put on espn that are in disney world every year and they're not they are different from the cheerleading they are two separate things once again i want to see some awesome dancing some crazy turn combinations some crazy jump combinations like i want to see that those can be the trick Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, I want you as the college dance team, dance 
team. Coach, to be clear on, it is a dance team. And it's, I think also what like irks me is that a really good friend of mine that I danced with in college, she um, ran a dance team in high schools for several years. Um, and like, she, she is a dance major. Like she cures a dance major. She was a dance major, fabulous choreographer, a fabulous dancer too. But she was, her girls, she made them so clear to be like, if you want this style of dance, and this is a good point that they do make in the article that I will agree with them. If you want to go to this school for this dance program or at this dance team, you need to look them up and see what kind of dance they do. And so with Shakira, she's a really strong jazz choreographer. So she was like, I'm going to train you in the style of jazz for like these school, you know, for like Bama and one of the two schools that are like, she's like, I know those coaches. I teach in that same kind of vein. I can get you ready for those schools. But she, I remember her saying, she's like, I have one girl that wanted to do like tricks and jumps and all kinds of stuff. She was like, oh, that's not, I don't like, I don't, I don't do acro. She straight up says that I don't do acro. And so she's like, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to train you in something that I don't know anything about, like anything about. Right. And I, that is like, that is where you have to draw the line. Like right there, like that's a professional, right? Like she was like, nope, like, I don't know. I don't do it. I don't have training in it. I don't know how to train you in it. I can't help you. Sorry. You know, and I think like, because I was just thinking like, I was just thinking back to like, you know, I feel like everyone watched Cheer on Netflix. And if you haven't, highly recommend, go do it right now. Absolutely amazing. And I'm thinking about their routines that they showed on the series. And I have to say that never once is it dancey. There'll be like one or two little tiny like hip rolls or like something right for like to like basically as a transition thing for two seconds uh, of but course. Cheer, cheer routines are always like back spring handspring those types of passes into someone setting up for a stunt into some crazy tricks in the stunt they don't ever try to be dancers though i will give you the I best need, i need dance teams to not try to be cheerleading teams the best okay. example i can give you is the original, the oldie but a goodie, the original Bring It On. Oh, yeah. The original, oh my God, that might be our next dance review. Yes. <laughs> I love that movie. But the original Bring It On, those, again, I will, those are perfect of being like, we're being weird and dancing. They wouldn't even make fun of like people just like doing weird dance things with like Sparky Plasky and all that crazy mess. But like those combinations at the end are like, oh, those are dancers. Or even like if you go and watch, uh, like the extra commentaries on the DVD or like the behind the scenes stuff, they talk about, they're like, other than like the actors that do that a little bit, everybody behind us is a, like a first place champion collegiate cheerleader. You know, like, right. like no, the people doing this stuff are like, they do it for years. Like even like the two of the guy, guy actors in the movie were talking about like, oh, they're like, we're the weakest ones here. This like, we have to learn from the other male cheerleaders that can literally lift a girl in one hand and do all these crazy, they were like, that's them. Like, well, they know how to do that stuff, hands right. down. And so it's just like, that's where I'm like, don't disrespect them. Cheerleaders put in work. Like, I don't want to dis- yes, disrespect cheerleaders by calling them dancers when I was like, no, they are cheerleaders. But I also don't want to do the reverse. I don't want to call, I don't want to disrespect a dancer by being like, oh, they're a cheerleader. No, the two are right. not the same. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying where I mean, like, you never see cheerleaders trying to be dancers. They are cheerleaders. That's what they do. Those are their routines. Maybe some of them are more rhythmic. Maybe some of them used to dance growing up, right? But like, they know what's up, right? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like these dance programs are becoming cheer programs. And are you a cheer program or are you a dance program? And I guess I was just thinking, I would absolutely love if we have any listeners out there that did collegiate level dance teams, because I think high school is, is like a different ball game and that's, those are usually actual dance teams. Um, I would love to hear people's opinions. If you were on a collegiate dance team about your opinion of like, how do you feel about all these tricks? And like, those are the things you need to join a team or like, what did your team focus on? Like, I would like, please like email us, like, like message us on Instagram or Facebook. Like I want to know. I want to know because I didn't. Sure, right? there's like, someone we can reach out to. I wasn't on a. I wasn't on the college dance team, right? And I remember watching. I remember my parents being like, "Are you going to try out?" And I was like, "No," because it wasn't what I wanted to do. Because that style of dance, and they were dancers, but that style of dance is not what I was interested in, right? 
But I want to hear from someone who did a collegiate level dancing. How do you feel about all this? Was it more dancey when you were doing it? Or is it about the tricks? Like, tell me how you feel about this. Yeah, like I definitely want to hear because I'm, I'm hoping there's someone we can reach out to and talk to about it because it just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's it for us. The curtain yeah. has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday, maybe, possibly. <laughs> or a little bit later because we're quarantined and weirdly, even though everyone's home, we've all got stuff going on still. But you can always find us Sometime between Thursday and Friday night, you will find us on your favorite podcast app, and we yes, will stay can. there. Yes, you can. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are Point PYT on all platforms. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. Come back to